Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Hallelujah. I just love, just love to be in the presence of the Lord on Sunday. Band, that was amazing. You can't see them, I can see them. God, you're amazing. I love the band. Whatever room you're in, you are the band in your room today. Is that okay? So if you're standing up, just take a seat if you can. If you're on the floor, you can stay there. If you're kneeling, you can stay kneeling. Uh, My name's Jonathan and it's a joy to be able to bring a bit more of a message to you this week. And uh, I've just been following in a flow of, of what God has been saying over these last weeks about Simply Jesus. But I want to share really something from my own heart. So I, I just pray that it's, it is concise. I pray that it is um, ordered for you so that you can follow where we're going. Because we're going to go on a little bit of a journey this morning. Because around four or five weeks ago, uh, about mid, mid-July, I just began to have what, I, what you might call a daydream. There was just something uh, in my heart that God was showing me about myself and about himself. And it's, it's a job to explain what it was like. If any of you have climbed a mountain, uh, maybe you live in a mountainous region. I know some of you are logged in from Scotland and some of you in Cyprus and you've got some great mountains there. But I, it felt like I was just walking around my, my, my part of the village, just kind of minding my own business as it were. And I just felt the presence of the Lord come upon me. And as I was doing that, it began to change the atmosphere around my life. It was like the the air changed a little bit, got a bit cleaner, got a bit fresher. It got a bit cooler, to be honest. And it felt like um, some of the the times that I've been in the mountains, maybe when I've been to Italy, I've had the opportunity to go there, or other parts of the the world that have mountains. It felt like I wasn't just walking around uh, my, my lovely little village in the south coast, but I was actually walking somewhere else. And as I began to kind of trying to work out what's going on, what's happening, is I saw Jesus walking next to me. Now, I don't know about you, um, but this just freaked me out a little bit. I, I was there kind of just minding my own business, just doing my own thing. And suddenly it felt like, you know, I was in the land of Evian and all this kind of thing. And it was like there was fresh breath in my nostrils. And I just, just felt so blessed and so encouraged and so buoyant. And then I just glanced to my left and there was Jesus. Now, I knew it was Jesus because I've, I've had the joy and the privilege of meeting with Jesus many, many, many times. And maybe you haven't done that yet, but I encourage you this morning, meet with Jesus because I tell you, he loves you. He loves you. And he's got such a great plan for you. Anyway, I was walking along and I just became aware of Jesus. And then I became aware on my right shoulder, a couple of other characters. Now, I I didn't realise who these were to begin with, but I I perceived there was just something on the inside of my life that just helped me understand who these were. And what I'm trying to describe to you is something that happened, a real event that happened in history to Jesus and to some people. And I want to share my experience that was just a month ago through the word. And we're going to look at the word in a moment on why do we have experiences like I'm going to describe? What what does God do in those experiences and how do we change as a result? So this kind of message is simply Jesus from obscurity to influence. 
is that we're in a season, unprecedented season. It's an amazing season. We've never been in it before. It's going to be a pinpoint of history. 2020, where were you? Do you remember that year? Yes, yes, yes. But I believe as a Christian and people that maybe don't know God yet, this is your season to come out of obscurity into a place of influence. And we're going to look at that through Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 to 5. Now, if, if you've had a Bible for a bit, uh, you've probably read this before, which is great. Please, please just follow it as it comes up. I'm just going to read the, the, these few verses and then just comment on them because we don't have enough time to really unpack all of this all at once. We'll maybe do that at a different time. But in the Bible, it says this. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. That's amazing. What I realise is that if we let Jesus lead us, we go places. If we let Jesus take control, we go places. How many of you want to go places? I don't know about you, but I do. I want to go places. I can see some hands up in the, in the band here. Thank you. Is I want to go places. Then it goes on and says... Uh, he took them to a mountain. Well, I experienced, and I know you would have done in a physical way, and maybe spiritually too, being on a mountain. Well, let me just tell you, when Jesus leads you, it always seems to be he wants to go higher. He wants to go further. He wants to go deeper. He wants to go stronger. But there's mountains that Jesus has prepared us, you and me, to walk on. It goes on and says this, there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Peter. Jesus, uh, talking with Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses one for Elijah. Here's another couple of points. I loved it that Conning was explaining some gravitational physics. I love it. His head is just wired differently than mine, okay? But even in comparison with the sun, Jesus shines so much more bright than the sun. But not only that, there's no nighttime, there's no eclipses, there's no leap years. The one thing I found about knowing Jesus is that sometimes I leap in the year because I just, well, Jesus is just so amazing. I kind of leap like that. But this son, I think, is how Jesus has been preparing you, preparing me, whether you know God or not. It's like we've been prepared over these last weeks and months in the shadow of his presence. So just hold that thought. Whatever your life looks like, and you might be really excited, you may not be really excited. I just want to encourage you, but your life's being prepared right now for another season. But then I said to the Lord, well, what, why is Moses and why is Elijah here? And I'm going to kind of comment on that in a moment. Let's just finish this little bit of the scripture. They said about putting up three shelters. And it may be for some of you watching today, you kind of got used to being in a certain place and in a certain way. Well, I just want to encourage you, don't build a shelter there. Don't dwell where God is not going to dwell. And for me, uh, one of the challenges I've had is I've been uh, working from my home, 
uh, kind of praying, worshiping, trying to help people, trying to move, all the stuff that we do. And I found myself in about mid-July kind of building a bit of a shelter. It was like, this is cool. This is good. I can make this work. I've adapted my life. I've changed things so that I can still do what I need to do. But Jesus came and said, I don't want you to build a shelter. I don't want you to stay here because there's greater. There's more. And it's interesting that Jesus said this to these guys. Don't build a shelter. Don't even build one for Moses. Don't build one for Elijah. And then it says that while Jesus was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said this. Now, again, I don't know about you. This, again, would also freak me out. But when I was walking around my town and I could see Jesus here and Moses and Elijah there, it was like a haze came upon me. But I wasn't scared of it. I wasn't afraid of it because I knew God was in it. I knew that in that moment, Jesus was telling me things which he didn't really want everybody else to know. And I pray that over these weeks where you've been maybe furloughed or maybe, maybe you've just lost your job, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm sorry that you have, but I have no idea. All I know is, is that God is still in charge. That even in the haze and the fog of stuff going on around us, Jesus will appear through it. But then there's a voice. There's only a couple of times that you have this incredible convergence of God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. It's only two or three times in the Bible. The first one was when, was when Jesus was baptised, if you remember that story. This is another one. And this voice said, this is my son whom I love and with him I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And as again, in my experience of this kind of open vision, this was kind of like the second part of it, if you like, is that the Lord was reaffirming to me, you, you belong to me. You don't belong to this situation. Don't own the situation that you're in. Learn from it. Don't own. If you've got health challenges, you are not a problem. You have a problem. Don't own the situation that God might be leading you through when God owns you. This is my son. And in that moment, when I heard the Holy Spirit speak this into my heart a few weeks ago, it became like nothing else mattered. Nothing else mattered. I've got an incredible family. They're brilliant. I love them to bits. But they didn't matter in the same way. I, I have a, a, such a blessed house. In, Ten minutes from the beach, it's like it's such a joy. But it didn't matter. Because Jesus mattered more. When the disciples heard this, it goes on to say, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. I love this. And I believe this is what has been happening with many of you. It will be happening with you this morning. Is even if we're a bit anxious, we're a bit fearful, we're a bit kind of negative, and we're a bit like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. If you say, Jesus, come, he will not only come to you, but he will touch you. He will touch you. He will touch you. That is the amazing love of Jesus that is shown here. And then he said, get up. And I'm just saying to you, wherever you are, whether you're up or whether you're down, whether you're full of excitement or whether you just feel like you've missed the party, get up. 
because we're being prepared in this season of, 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 of challenge and obscurity for a season of influence. So get up, arise. We had this a little bit at some prayer meetings a few weeks ago. Arise, shine. This is your season. And it says, when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. It was like, what? Where are these people gone? I believe that as I've been kind of just spending time with the Lord, and I'm sure you have, or maybe you've just been looking for God. I mean, I mean we have so many people that want to do Alpha. Great, because they're looking for answers. They've got loads of questions. I think God made everybody with one question, certainly for me, which is what's my life for? And I only know what my life's for when I know who he is. In fact, my life only makes sense when I know who Jesus is. My life only kind of adds up when I know who Jesus is. So I encourage you, if you're kind of sitting there in whatever room you're in, whatever culture you're in, whatever challenge you're in, you will only really know who Jesus, uh, who you are when you know who Jesus is. So I encourage you at the end, when you've got the opportunity, sign up, register an interest because God's already interested in you. But I was saying to this, OK, here I am. I kind of understand who Jesus is and I kind of get why he's here. He's, he, he saved me. He loves me. He does everything for me. But why are Moses and why are Elijah here? As I began to ask these questions over a few days, maybe two or three days, I just had some thoughts and I want to share those thoughts with you because when we add all these thoughts up, I think it's going to shape this season that we're in. It's going to help some of you, encourage some of you. It might challenge some of you, but some of you that there's going to be a penny drop moment. I don't know about you, but um, I, I used to say this a lot. I, I don't say it so much now because there's not so many people to say it to, but I'm going to say it. Is there is a really fast journey, a really speedy journey that has never been in the Guinness Book of Records, ever. It should be written down in the annuals of history. And that is the speed that one thought goes in one ear and out the other one. I don't know about you, but I have that a lot. God says one thing, boing, it's in there straight out here. But I want you to grab this morning before it leaves so that you can leave with it, with Jesus. So I was saying, why is Moses? Some things about Moses. Moses started life as a basket case. You do, you do know that. He was born basket in the river. What a start. What a start. He was born in the wrong palace. He was born in the wrong culture, in the wrong education. He was, bring, if you, he was born, if you like, within the wrong spirit that God wanted to use. He didn't have a great first 40 years, to be honest with you. He got up to some stuff. He, he did stuff that he shouldn't have done. And then from there, he went into the middle of nowhere and ended up talking to a bush. Don't know about you, basket case, talking to a bush. He could have been called all kinds of funny things. But in that moment of obscurity in the desert, God was forging and fashioning something in secret. Something that the world was going to see, but it, it just didn't get it yet. Moses became the one who heard God. He was called the prophet of God. And I believe for many of you, you're going to be hearing God so much more clearly now than you've ever done. Why? Because he wants to call you friend. He wants to speak to you knowing that you'll do what he says. We're reminded of this 
last few weeks, gnosko. What does it mean? <laughs> Without all the Greek and Hebrew, it means when I hear the voice of God, I do what he says because I love him. So Moses was there because he was a friend. Moses was there because he could hear God's voice. Moses was there because actually he was a worker of wonders. Incredible amount of wonders that God did through Moses. Moses mobilised people. He led people into the purpose of God. But he also reproduced people. Numbers 11, 16, we have this incredible kind of thing. Malcolm's trying to find it. It's not there, Malcolm. You're all right. We have this incredible story where Moses is working really, really hard. And this, what he says is this. Hebrews 11, verse 16. I'm just going to read it. The Lord said to Moses... Bring me 70 of Israel's elders, who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I don't know who all these people were. All I know is, is that Moses knew he had to reproduce what he had in God to other people. What he heard from God, he wanted to reproduce that in other people. And I believe God is doing that now. And as we look at a few more characters that appeared in this part of the Bible, hopefully you'll realise that God wants to reproduce something incredible through your life and through my life. Moses invested in a successor. Who was that successor? His name was Joshua. What does Joshua mean? It means this God saves. This Joshua led people into the land of promise. He went through three kind of zones of life and maybe you're in one of these there was a, a faith one so I've just got to hang on and trust God then there was a fight one I've got to kind of raise up and I've got to really trust God and really really say I'm a Christian in the workplace even if it's embarrassing maybe I've just got to share my story over the fence even if I don't feel like I want to but there's that fight season and then there was a favour season and maybe for you, you're in one of these seasons, whether you just believe in God and trust in God. And let me tell you, faith will always win. Maybe you're fighting, that fight of faith where, okay, no, I've got to trust, I've got to believe in you. Keep fighting because you will win. But God's favour is upon you. So Moses produced a successor called Joshua. I think that's why Moses appeared to me in his vision. This is one of the reasons why he was in the transfiguration story. Then we have Elijah. Why Elijah? Well, Elijah means this God is the only real God. And I've been so encouraged by the hundreds, the hundreds of thousands of people over these last weeks that have been tuning in to services like this one. Maybe that's you. They've been downloading Bible apps, which is all kinds of technology you can put on your phone. They've just been coming to pray. I mean, I just love the fact that people are realising that there is a God and he's interested but there's only one way to God and that's through Jesus. So Elijah means this God is God. But let me tell you about Elijah. He lived through drought. He wasn't a great speaker. In fact, he had a little bit of a speech impediment, impediment like that. But he confronted the spiritual realities of the day. And I, maybe that's what you felt you're doing. Certainly as church, when we've been praying on a Sunday and on Wednesdays, we've been dealing with the spiritual principalities of the day, knowing that we will prevail because Jesus prevails. But this guy, Elijah, he also knew how to do the weather. He knew how to shut up the rain and how to make it rain. I don't know about you, but here, we've had a couple of weeks where it's like, oh my Lord, this is great, but please let it rain. 
But Elijah knew how to command the atmosphere, the weather. And he received fire. He had the very first barbecue in the Bible. Cut up all these bullocks and put all kinds of things around them. And then boom, God answered with fire. I believe God is preparing us in this season so that when we pray, God's response is, I'm going to send fire down. I'm going to ignite their bones. I'm going to ignite their heart. I'm going to ignite their spirit so that they burn for me. But you see, Elijah also had another dynamic around him. He knew how to pass on his kingdom legacy. We have Elijah that means this God is God and he, he anoints, he goes and finds someone called Elisha. Elisha means this God saves. There was Elisha brought up in a farming community. He was out ploughing the good fields and suddenly this guy appears with really dodgy dress code, eating locusts, whatever, and he says, you're, you're God's man. And he burnt his future as he perceived it. He set fire to his income as he perceived it. And he learned how to wash the hands of another. And I know many, many, many of you, and God bless you, many of you have been just washing the hands of others. You've been doing that, getting their food for them. You've been tapping them on the door and then standing back and saying, hi, how are you doing? That's what washing hands looks like. You've just been praying for someone or phoning someone or WhatsApping someone or even TikToking someone. Is that right? Can I say that? I have. You've been doing all kinds of things, washing the hands of people, serving them, loving on them in practical ways. And I believe as we come out of this season, the church, the church that you're part of, is going to get a reputation for they know how to wash our hands. They know how to wash our feet. They know how to take care of us physically, emotionally, mentally and spiritually. So that's partly why Elisha was there. Interesting that Elisha, Twice as many miracles in the Bible as Elijah. You might think, well, so what? What that tells me is you might have experienced God in some amazing ways, but there's more coming. You might have encountered God in a personal way. Again, I've mentioned Alpha. It was such a joy to see many people giving their lives to Jesus at the last Alpha. But there's more for you. God doesn't just want to fill your life. He wants to lead your life. And he wants to lead your life to help others get filled and blessed. So in this time of obscurity, this picture of this transfiguration, there's been different aspects involved. There's been a cloak. There's been a mantle. Moses had a staff. Elijah had a mantle. There's been the presence of God. But overall, there's been the purpose of God. There's been supernatural provision. There's been supernatural activity. I have many, many stories of how God has provided supernaturally where the cupboard appeared bare, but God somehow put some stuff in it. Where their bank balance appeared to be low, but somehow God provided. Where they were just felt in lack, and yet God filled them. God is great at supernatural provision. Simply Jesus. So what does this mean to us? What does it mean to me? It was like, okay, Jesus, I get why you're in this story because you are, you are God. And I can see you in a different way and I can, I can experience you in a different way and I can even smell you in a different way. It's like, it's amazing. And I can see why Moses is here. I can see why Elijah is here. I can even see why Peter and James and John are here. Why? Because as it goes on, these guys 
did all kinds of supernatural, extraordinary, out-of-the-box things. And what was the comment about them? These people have been with Jesus. These people know God. And they, every moment, every second, every minute, hour, through the day, through the night, every moment that you spend any time with Jesus, he will change you. And I began to experience as I'm just walking around my town, my village, two, three, four days running. In the evening, it was the same. In the morning, it was the same. In the middle of the day, it was the same. Jesus was just saying, walk with me. Listen to me. Do what I ask you to do and let me do the rest. In that process, I found my heart getting changed, my head getting changed. Stuff that I thought was so important, I realised was just dragging behind me. So why are we in the picture? Why are you watching this morning? I have no idea. It might be a thousand reasons. But I just want to put in a few that I've worked out myself and maybe it will be true for you. Moses had a successor. Elijah had a successor. Peter, James and John had successors. Jesus had a successor. The successor of Jesus is the church of Jesus. The successor of Peter, James and John are followers, disciples who live for Jesus. They carry his presence. They carry his purpose. They confront the enemy and they bring defeat to the enemy. They operate in supernatural abilities. They walk into the ground of promise. They bring release to those who are captive and open up the eyes of the blind. They walk through drought and flourish. They put seed in the ground when it's the wrong season, but they know it's the right thing to do. Their homes are like the new God zone. Remember Joshua went through three zones. I believe God wants your home to be like a zone where there's faith there, positivity, presence, encouragement, that God can do all things kind of culture. There's a bit of fight in there. I don't mean you're beating each other up. Maybe that's what you feel like doing. Please don't do that. But there's that fight of we know God's got more. We know there's more. We know there's greater because God is greater. And then you know the favour of God in your house. That without Jesus, where would we be? Covenant. This was mentioned a couple of weeks ago. This is kind of pulling things to a close here. We have the transfiguration. We see Jesus in a new way, a fresh way, in a way that we just didn't realise that's how he was. But there are signs within it. Peter, James, John, Moses, Elijah, succession. Matthew 28, another famous bit of scripture that you probably would know. It's another mountain. Jesus said this. Well, the word says this. Then the 11 disciples, the 11 followers went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. There's a key. Always go where Jesus tells you to go. It's a good thing to do. When they saw him, they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. I don't know about you, but when I first started to have this kind of experience of the Holy Spirit, I did doubt it. I thought maybe I'd slept wrong. Maybe I had cheese that was funny. 
But I made a decision in my heart, no, Jesus, you're here because you say you'll always be here. And my doubt changed to adoration. And maybe you've doubted over the weeks, over the months, that God's real. Let me tell you, he's real. God wants to turn that doubt into adoration for you. He wants you to know who he is in a real and tangible way. Then Jesus came to them. See, he came to them again. I love this. And he said this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I surely will be with you to the very end of the age. What a promise. I, I had an issue with, have I got authority to do this, this, this and this? Do I have permission to do this, this, this and this? And to be honest, I got a bit confused. Jesus made it really simple. He said, I haven't given you just authority. I've given you myself. I've given you myself and I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And maybe that's been your experience. Maybe it seems like you've just become a basket case overnight. It's like, what's going on? Put your trust in Jesus. He will never leave you. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, the power of God. And I love the end of the story in the Bible around the transfiguration. You've got all this amazing supernatural, this snapshot of what goes on really behind the face of Jesus. And they all come tumbling down the mountain. And the very, very first thing they encounter is a dad trying to sort out his really sick son. And the disciples are having a bit of a go. They're doing everything that they know how to do and it just doesn't work. Jesus said to them, you need to live in a different kind of lifestyle. You need to live with me, a prayer dependency on me. You need to kind of live without the same resource that you used to have. It needs to be fasted. It needs to just be dependent on me. And I believe as we come out of obscurity, as this easing comes in the physical, it's reflective of an easing in the spirit as well. Is that as you come out and smell the air of a new day, as you're going to see supernatural activity just happen around you simply because you follow Jesus. There's some places that maybe we don't want to go. Samaria. What does Samaria mean? Well, it can mean all kinds of things, but one thing it does mean is maybe... It's people that you don't really get on with, but God gives you the power to go there and love them, talk to them and share your story with them. Jerusalem is not so hard because you know those people. Maybe it's your immediacy. Maybe you've been clapping every Thursday and whatever you've been doing. But you have the power to touch your community. Just do what Jesus says. Go to the ends of the nations. What does that mean? It means what it says. It means that there is nowhere that you go where power is not available if you listen simply to Jesus. I'm just going to read out a prophecy and then I'm going to do eight points which are going to come up on the screen that you can respond to personally. I know some of you already are. I know God's already touching some of your lives. But here's a prophecy which comes from a friend of ours, his church, Kingdom Faith, Jared Cooper. It came out a few weeks ago. And I'm just going to read that this prophetic statement, this declaration that he saw, because it really um, embraces what I was perceiving when I was walking around my town getting his vision. 
I dream of a church filled with God's magnificent glory. Her members are adventurers, not attenders. Her leaders are releasers, not containers, equippers, not superstars. Her children are powerful, not merely babysat or redundant. Her youth are leaders, strong in word, purity and deed. Her attitude is kingdom, not self-preservation or self-promotion. Her heart is generous, giving until it hurts, preferring others beyond themselves. Her worship is passionate and filled with encounter, not mere song singing. Her prayers are fervent, not apathetic. They're effective and authoritative, not empty. Her influence transforms nations, politics, laws, businesses, medicine, education, the arts, the media, morality and the family. She innovates with fresh ideas and strategies to transform the world. She leads, she does not follow. She amplifies the message of the gospel. She clarifies Christ's call to discipleship. She exemplifies the unmatched love of God. She's filled with miracles, signs, wonders, healings, deliverance and joy. Her services are presence-filled, powerful, challenging and Jesus-focused. She is clean and clear in a world of moral filth and confusion. She is gracious to the hurting and sin-bound. Everything she touches is made clean. Her Lord is Jesus Christ. Her power is the Holy Spirit and her love is of the Father. This is the church I'm dreaming of. This is the church I'm dreaming of. I trust that if you know Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, this is the kind of church you're dreaming of. Here's eight points. These will come up to help you. Maybe you want to respond, you just want to take a moment just to pause, just to reflect. Don't reflect on yourself entirely. Just reflect on whatever God's been saying to you. He wants to transfigure you this morning. It's the first one. Make a decision to surrender your life to Jesus and be part of the covenant plan to, to know him, to find freedom, to discover purpose and to make a difference. You might already have this surrendered your life to Jesus. Do it again. The greater the surrender, the greater the new season will be for you. As he increases, we decrease. Number two. Make a decision to come out from obscurity and live the dream that God has given you. Don't let obscurity steal the dream. Be a dreamer for Jesus. Be a visionary for Jesus. Number three is surrender afresh to the person of the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the Christ in you like we were doing at the beginning of service time a little bit. Believe that the Holy Spirit will do this and expect the Holy Spirit to move through you. Number four, see or look with the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Expect to see more than you're looking at. Like I was walking around my town under the trees. I could hear the seagulls. I could smell the sea air and suddenly I saw something else. Suddenly I perceived something else. Suddenly I was somewhere else. Number five, look for every opportunity. 
and make the most of them. Whether you're in the queue waiting to go in the shop, got your mask on, just say, Lord, give me something for this person. Maybe you're in the workplace. Lord, how can I serve this person? How can I wash their hands? Maybe with your neighbours, ask the Holy Spirit and then take every opportunity and make it count. Number six, expect the more ahead than behind. What I mean by that is the greatest days of the church, your life, are ahead of you. They're not behind you. The greatest days of the church, wherever that church is, is the head. It's not behind. Number seven, position yourself to see a wonder. What I mean by that is this kind of thinking, if it's not me, who's it going to be? And if it's not now, when's it going to be? Holy Spirit, use me to be a source of power for this person. If it's not me, who will it be? If it's not now, when will it be? This is our new season that we're coming into. And the last one, number eight, is actions speak so much more louder than words. So pray for someone. Give someone a call. Go and visit someone or just start a conversation with someone that maybe you don't really know and see what the Lord will do. We're going to watch a short video clip in a moment around Alpha, but before we do that, I would just love if you'd allow me to pray. Father, I want to thank you so much just for your presence this morning in every room, on every device, on every tablet. Holy Spirit, please show us Jesus in a fresh way today. Let us perceive him in a fresh way, whether we know him or whether we do not yet know him. Open up our eyes, our minds, our, our hearts to the possibilities. Let us dream the dreams of God. Let us move into the place of influence. Let us move out of the cloak of preparedness into the light. Because I know, you know, that the world is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. God bless the people that have been watching now and later. In Jesus' name, we're going to check out an Alpha video. See you guys later. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.